0: I had to solve a problem of getting overrun, not delivering the right information, maybe not even answering the phone. Certainly on the weekend we were getting overwhelmed. And I just needed my salesman to take the good leads and we figured out how to vet them so that he could spend his time with people that had really kind of gone above and beyond and expressed a will to own a house. I'm different than a realtor. Realtors in the service business. I'm in the seller finance business. I'm going to owner finance this house and carry the payments for my buyer for 30 years. You need to prove to me why I need to give you a loan. I don't need to cater to you. You need to prove to me that you deserve a house.
1: This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Loads, and today our guest is Mitch Steven. Mitch is a real estate investor who buys a new house every four to five days and has done that for years. Today, we're learning how he does that, specifically through building teams and systems. Today, we're talking about how his system works for him to sell his properties on seller financing by better qualifying and streamlining the qualifying process For leads. So folks that are potentially interested in buying his properties through seller financing, well, he used to do it through a very manual process. It took a lot of work for his employees and through an innovative phone message and text message system that is now all automated so that by the time he or now his salespeople are speaking with a lead, they're so well qualified. It just Drastically improves his hit rate, it drastically improves his time on the market so he can sell properties a lot faster, brings in better prices, and so much more. It's a really interesting conversation. And we expanded a bit beyond how he uses the system specifically because it's not just restricted to a seller financing real estate strategy, but we really get into the weeds and incredibly innovative. So just stick with us. You're going to learn so much about this this process. I'm very excited. He really digs in for us. So you're going to learn a lot. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. If you'd like to learn more about investing with us in the future, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, schedule a call, and we will look forward to speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, once again, our guest is Mitch Steven. We have a fascinating conversation about business systems and how they can drive our growth for you today. So let's go. Mitch, thank you so much for joining us today. You are just such a wealth of knowledge. We've had a great time talking so far. I'm really excited to share your message and your experience with our listeners. Before we get into talking about targeted text messaging and real estate investing, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your background, what you invest in, and what you're up to today?
0: All right. I always hate this part because you know, it's not a chess beating contest or anything, but I've been around for 30 years and I've, I've done a lot of things. I don't let any grass grow under my feet. If I don't have 15 balls in the air, I'll find enough balls to get it there. You know? So I've been investing since March of 1996. So about, you know, going on, going on 30 years, I bought a house every four to five days for 30 years, which is about 100 houses a year for 30 years, which is about 3,000 houses in my career. That's the ones that worked out. I do it all with other people's money. I have about, I don't know, anywhere between $20 million to $30 million of private money out. It's really about 78, 79, 80 people right now that I have been with for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They loan me the money 100% to buy it, to rehab it. I never borrow more than 65 percent. I average only borrowing 53 percent from my private lender in the first lane. Then I sell or finance my house for 100 percent or 110 percent in the recessions when rents outrun, you know. Anyways, logistically, it's possible in the recession to sell over over the, the comps. And so really, I'm a professional down payment collector and a mortgage collector, and I keep the spread between what I'm owed and what I owe my private lenders, called a wraparound mortgage. I do that 100% with OPM. I have not $1 invested in it. I was just looking at my financials the other day. I'm averaging between 35 and 39% return on my overall, across the board, all the houses included. With my money, I buy self-storage. I buy semi-truck parking. I buy triple net office, warehouse, yard, I build those. I love cash flow. I have 1,300 storage doors. I'm parking 350 trucks at $125 a month. The 1,300 doors owe me about 100 a month average each. I like cash flow, but I, I don't want my cash flow to come from properties that people live in. I want that part of my life to be commercial transaction and Make sure the consumer laws don't eat me up.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. So there's so much there. You've accomplished a ton, and yeah, we're just going to dig into a, a fraction of what you're up to today. And you're telling me about this a bit before we started recording. You're fairly, uh, you're very well thought out, thought through text message marketing strategy. So let's start by talking about what got you started using text messaging in your business to source deals.
0: It was simple. It's an easy question because my problem was I was marketing houses by putting 20 bandit signs around the neighborhood and one in the front yard. So 21 signs a house. On any given weekend, I would have, let's just say 15 houses as an average. So that's 315 signs that I got out. 20 around that house, 20 around that house, you know, one in the front yard. So 315 signs. They all got one salesperson's phone number on them, and he's getting 180 phone calls a weekend. Half of them are tire kickers. Half of them don't, the other half don't have any money. You know what I mean? Even if they want to buy the house, they don't have 10% down or more, which is 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand. You know, used to be less in the old days when prices were less, but now it's pretty hefty. And my salesman wasn't carrying around 15 property sheets, so he was handing out bad information right and left. If he was by two o'clock, he wasn't even answering the phone. And the people that really wanted to buy a house that really had the money couldn't get through to him. You know, chances are they're they're getting stuck in the roadblock and the in the pinch in the pipe, you know, the pinch in the pipeline. So I thought, I don't know what to do. I started studying. I came up, you know, smartphone numbers. And I got with a company called LiveCom, L-I-V-E-C-O-M-M dot com. And started figuring out that I could accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I even had them add some extra features for me that they thought were good features. And so what I did was LiveCom sells smartphone numbers. Smartphone numbers do at least two things. One is they capture the incoming caller's cell phone number, if they're calling from a cell phone, and put it into a text distribution list. And then you can text everybody in that list. Or if you have multiple phone numbers, you can click a mark on all the phone numbers and you can, Text everyone in all those lists and it costs two cents a piece. So if you're going to text 100 people, it's two friggin' dollars. What's the open rate of a text? I don't know. You know, most statistics, 99% of all statistics are made up on the spot, <laughs> but I'm going to guess about 96%. So I came up with a plan. First of all, we had this property information sheet that had everything in the world about that property, gas, you know. Three bedroom, two bath, two thousand square feet. Gas, water heater, electric stove, roof, seven years old, built in nineteen sixty nine. It's on this lot that measures this by this, and it's that many square feet. It's in this school district, and the property taxes. I mean, it's it's as long as my arm. This list. So all I had to do was forward my smartphone number from LiveCon to a recording, which is two cents a minute. I can't hire a salesman for two cents a minute, <laughs> so I think this is a good use of time because. There's this crap load of information that my salesman's having to download to these people on the other end of the phone, you know, talking to them. They may not even have any money or just the neighbor across the street that really just wanted to know the price. And so what happened was we would forward the, we, we got a phone number for every house. And then we put the 21 signs around the house again. We used this phone number for 123 Main Street and a different phone number for 567 Jones Street. And we would, we forward them we forward each phone number to its house to the recording about that house that it was designated to. So now this recording answers at 6.30 in the morning on Sunday and it answers at 11.30 at night on Friday night and it delivers a perfect set of information. If you made the recording perfect and the information in the recordings right, then it delivers it right every single time. And then under every phone number in Livecom, I don't know about anything else, so I have to talk about Livecom because it's what I've used. I don't know anything else. So in LiveCom, you have features under there, and there's a hello button. If you turn that button on, it means anytime someone calls this particular phone number, they're going to get a text sent to them, a hello message. What do you want to say hello? And whatever you type in, it's what they're going to get. Automatically, the minute they connect to the recording, it's already hit their phone. And then I turned on the instant call connect feature, which means as soon as someone starts listening to my recording, I get a text that says someone, we don't know who they are, but someone from this phone number right here is listening to the recording for, and if I name that phone number 123 Main Street, it'll say 123 Main Street. If I named it 567 Jones Street, if I named it private lenders, if I named it wholesale buyers, if I named it owner finance buyers, I mean, I know what recording they're listening to. And... At the end of all this recording, I still didn't give my callers because I'm getting 180 phone calls to 200 phone calls in a weekend because of that many bandit signs and because of the demand of my product. And so at the end of it, I didn't even give them my salesman number or tell them my company name or anything. I said at the end, if you think this is the house for you and your family and you definitely have X amount or more for a down payment. Let me tell you what you do. You load you and your family up in the car. You drive to 123 Main Street. You get out and you look at the front yard and you walk around and look at the sides of the house. You walk around to the backyard and you look at the backyard and you look through the windows and you check out the neighborhood. And if this is still the house for you and your family and you definitely have X amount for a down payment or more, then call the green phone number in the back window. Now, I'm not losing those 190 callers. They're all going into the text distribution list, their cell phones. But now my salesman's only getting eight to 15 calls uh, a weekend, and they, they have vetted themselves. They have proven that they want, and I have driven in about the down payment. And so now he's not wasting his time with anything else. Then we up that game. Then my hello message, we opened a Facebook business page where we put all our inventory and we take pictures with people that just bought their house with the big key, and we got pictures with people that just put their $2,000 deposit down and filled out the application. So we're training them that you will be asked for a $2,000 non-refundable deposit if you're approved. Don't be afraid when my salesman asks for it because we got all these people, and then here's this house, and this is about that house, and my salesman's job is to make videos, keep it interesting, And to make sure that we have that kind of content that's actually training my buyers. We don't, you don't have to have a green card. You know, we we do need to prove some income because I, as as actually it's a law, but how we say it in the videos is I don't want to sell anyone a house that I don't think can afford it. So I need, I just want to, I want to, I want to feel good that you can afford this house because I'm not into taking houses away from people. Selling credibility under, like really soft. I'm a Christian and I believe in God and I'm a really good guy and my handshake's my word. All that crap don't fly, you know. So you, you you sell yourself. And so what's happening now is they're calling my sign. They're getting all the information. My salesman's getting a text saying someone from this number is listening to this thing. Do you want to call him? Most of the time he doesn't because he's busy with really bu- real buyers that are, have done what we've asked them to. But all those other 190 or 200 people, everybody's getting a text that says, if you want to see all of my inventory, go to facebook.com forward slash dueno on Duane USA. And they don't have to write it down because it's in the text that they received. They just click on it. And then we further explain, make sure you like and share so that you get notified anytime we have a new property posted. I don't even know if that's true or not, but I need them to like and share my stuff. So now... We we got 3,000 people over on the Facebook page. At 3,000 people, we had nine days on the market for like a year and a half. And then COVID hit, and we were, but then we got up to 6,000. And at 6,000, we were four days on the market for like the whole COVID year. And then even after when they opened the courthouse and COVID kind of lightened up, four days on the market. We had, that was at 6,000 followers of the page. Now we have like 10,000. Also at 6,000, we started getting better quality people with higher than minimum down payments because there was competition for the houses. And when my salesman was going to go show a house at 6 p.m., he could send out a text to everyone who called about that house or he could send to everyone who ever called about any of my houses for two cents a piece and say, you know, send it out at noon. I'm going to be at 123 Main Street You know, with this house with seller financing, if you want to come, I'm going to be there at six o'clock. So he goes to show one person a house and there's three or there's 10 people in the front yard. Just depends. There's been as many as 15. That's how it got started. Well, I had to solve a problem of getting overrun, not delivering the right information, maybe not even answering the phone. Certainly on the weekend, we were getting overwhelmed. And I just needed my salesman to take the good leads and we figured out how to vet them so that he could spend his time with people that had really kind of gone above and beyond and expressed a will to own a house. Get this, I'm different than a realtor. Realtors in the service business, you know? A regular house seller, they have different criteria. I'm in the seller finance business. I'm gonna owner finance this house and carry the payments for my buyer for 30 years. You need to prove to me why I need to give you a loan. I don't need to cater to you. You need to prove to me that you deserve a house. And if you walk into one of my houses and say, well, I like it, but then I look at the wife and I go, do you like it? And she goes, that's okay, we're out of there. (laughs) I'm not selling a house and making payments for someone. It's okay, no, this ain't the right house. You know, well, we'll, well, we we need to take it. No, no, no. We need to find a house that you're excited about, but we're not doing this because I got to carry a note for 30 years. We all know those notes don't go 30 years and all that. <laughs> I have a
1: million questions. And obviously you have a, a ton of knowledge and experience on this stuff. And you know, I appreciate that you walked us through the system, the, the logic, why you needed to get started, better qualify all of those leads so that your salesperson could be much more efficient. You could uh, grow the business and everything like that. So how did it start? Because we're getting a picture of the. System as it stands today, I'm sure there's been a lot of refinement, but I would bet that your kind of first crack at it didn't have all of these steps in, in place, right? It was probably much less complicated, or was it? You're shaking your head, so I don't know. What did it looked like at the beginning?
0: Well, I, you know, the system didn't let me know when someone was listening to the thing. I said, I, want, I need to know. I need the phone number, and, the, and, and I need to know what we're recording. I need to know. You know? Because the instant call connect button not only texts my salesman, but it also adds a tag at the end of the recording that tells my listener, the caller, if you want to talk to a live representative, don't hang up and you'll be connected. And then it will connect to one phone number that I designate or connect to up to six. So if I want to cause competition among sales, like somebody answered the (laughs) phone, you know what I mean? I'm going to send it to all of y'all, whoever gets it first. That causes inner bickering and backbiting and everything, it's not a good idea to have. It's better just to pick the one person and have that salesman get it. But, you know, a lot of things that happened since then, they've, they've grown. I just, I'm not a very sophisticated, technological, gifted guy. I'm 62. I don't think there was even a computer in any classroom in my school when I graduated. And I've been chasing the technology bus ever since they handed me that high school diploma. You know, I've never caught up to it but I try, but mostly I, I figure out ways technology can help me. And then I put someone else in charge of it, but I'm the one guy who's drawing the tree of how it's going to go. And then I try to get technology to do, to perform what's in that tree that I drew. You know, This person gets that, this person gets that, this, you know, it goes over here, does everything so that we could get some more automation. There, I mean, you don't buy a hundred houses a year. Last year we bought 127. Okay. And believe me, somewhere right down the street, is a guy that can wipe his backside with my accomplishments. I know that. I know that. There's always a faster gun. You just need to go around shooting your mouth off and you'll find him. So when I say what I'm doing, I'm just telling you where I'm at so you can compare. I will tell you, everyone who's listening to this, you don't have to do 100 houses to be a huge success in this business. And I don't get, I don't, I don't get to keep the money of this 100 houses because I got overhead and people and partners and private money. So, but what I did do is I haven't seen the last thousand houses I bought and I haven't seen the last thousand people that bought my houses. That's why I need to do a hundred houses so I could set up a team like that so I don't have to be there. What is my job for my company? My job is to make sure there's enough money, private money to fund every deal that meets our criteria that comes through that door. That's my job. At 62, I love that job. That's taking people to basketball games, to concerts, to football games, out to dinner at really nice places. That's how I want to stay tight. I don't give a damn if I ever see another house again, personally, because I did it.
1: You know? Nice. Okay. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you have a, a big team now, a lot of folks working for you. But looking back to earlier on in the business as it was growing, who was that first hire that you made, first full-time hire, I'll qualify that, that you made to bring on to your team? Sales
0: was the lowest fruit, the, the easiest thing to to figure out a commission for to hire someone and they didn't they didn't get paid less they performed. So sales was the first thing to get off the plate. As a matter of fact, I distinctly remember one day, you know, I was wearing all the hats, the acquisition hats, the sales hats, you know, back when I was a much smaller, I won't ever say one man show, but I was doing everything but the office work and it was a lot. And I remember the day that I got the phone call that someone wanted to look at a house and I just dropped my head and I I looked back up and I said, I'm never showing a house again, not ever again, not to this guy, not to anybody. I'm never going to do it again. And then I sat around for about two days and I had like 20 houses in my inventory and I thought, I guess I better figure out how to do this. So then the next thing was to get some help with acquisitions and we figured out how to get three acquisition people that would only get paid upon success my biggest fear in life was to create a business that i had to run in panic over friday payroll that's my biggest fear in life well my biggest fear in life is that i don't that i mess up a private lender or don't pay or, or lose my private lender's money that's my biggest fear that and it's never happened but That's why I have 65% LTVs when everyone's else at 75. That's why I don't over-leverage. That's why I take care of my problems one at a time. If I'm going to take a hit, let's just take it now. Don't let them stack up. Don't let a bunch of little mistakes turn into a $500,000 bill at the end of the day because you didn't handle them one at a time. You know what I mean? Handle them one at a time. Don't get stacked up with your bad deals. I mean, some deals you can push down the road with owner financing especially. You're only losing hundred bucks a month, but you don't know how long it's gonna go on. But that's better than writing a check for 50 grand. Fair enough. You know what I mean? And then one day, lo and behold, five or six years down the road, they're calling for a payoff, and you're like, oh, <laughs> wow. The hardest thing is the the admin. You if you're doing any kind of volume at all, you really gotta have an admin person. If you're doing light volume, you can hire closing shops. You know, there's people have filled these niches now. And they didn't have them when I was there. You had to go get them yourself. But now they have virtual closers and all this stuff, you know. But I think sales is the easiest. Acquisitions is always the toughest, but that's where the money is, so you have to whip that one. And then your admins. I like personality tests. Don't ask me which one we use. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, when acquisition people, I like them to have all the good stuff on the right on, on the left hand side, I like them to have some bad stuff on, on the other side, which is, you know, self-motivated, driven, money, responsible, punctual, clean, professional, knows how to talk to people, all that stuff. And then on the other side, like to see where they don't manage money real well and they don't have an entrep- entrepreneurial bone in their body. You know? And the other thing, that's not what's ended up happening. But if I was starting with someone new, that's what I would be looking for. Some of the people we got in here, they're, they've been friends in our lives for a long time. So we want to see them do good. We coach them on their money. We, 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 we're not doing what I say. But I'm telling you, if I was starting from the beginning, because you don't want to train people and then they leave. The other thing is the salespeople are just the salespeople. Hey, I found a house. I liked it. Hey. Hey. If you want to buy houses, let me know and I'll get another salesman. Right now, I just need you to sell houses. If you've got a lead on a house, give it to that guy over there. And keep them apart. I'm not here. And I raise the private money, which is the biggest obstacle to any of the strategies, how, how, where do you get the money. And I keep that on my side. And we don't give training on that. I mean, if you know someone that has some money and you want me to talk to them, go ahead. You know, I'll meet them. You know? And we'll kind of designate them for your deals if you can get them out fast enough, if you can get his money out fast enough. But, you know, so we keep the department separate, buying, selling, private money. They're all arms linked apart and we don't really discuss them as a whole. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to train people to do my business.
1: I'm here to run my business. So for you, what does retirement look like or does it look like anything at all? Is that on your list?
0: This is yeah. it. This is it. Wining and dining people and meeting you know, most of my people don't have a lot of money. They maybe have three or $4,000 in a lifetime of savings. And they can't live off a of 4% or back in the day, 2% or 1%. You know, 8%, 9%, 10%. They can start, it starts making a difference in their life. And the fact that I give them some really hard collateral and it's, you know, one borrower, one property is collateral, standalone, and one payer me like, you either get paid or you get my house. The question is, are you okay if you get my house? And that's why I have these 60, I only have a 65% LTV because I leave at least 35% for my private lender's security and for his, so he can sleep at night. And I only average borrowing 53%. I know people go, how in the hell are you buying houses at 53%? We're pros. I'm a freaking pro. <laughs> my, 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 my acquisition guys are pros. That's where we set the bar. That's what happens. If you want to, if we want to buy something over 65%, then the partners or me or whoever wants to do it has to bring the 5% out of their pocket or out of their company. My private lenders don't go in over 65%. And that's just max. I try to keep them in the fifties, 60 or below. Nice. Because when the shit hits the fan, everyone's going to need some margin. Me, the private lender, we're all going to need margin to make it work out.
1: Makes a lot of sense, and I appreciate all the knowledge that you brought to us today and taking a deep dive into the uh, system that you use right now. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Mitch, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education?
0: It was a semi-truck parking lot. Interesting. I had no idea what it was going to be worth or how much it was going to produce. And I had, my partner and I had bought it in our IRAs. So it was cranking off 35, dollars $40,000 a month tax-free. And now people are crawling around making offers that are unbelievable.
1: Awesome. Well, I'd love to dig into that business uh, sometime in the future. Very interesting niche. But for now, we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: It was real simple. I, I was in the hard money loan business as one of my businesses because I had so much private money get dumped on me at times because I did I did something that's really important. You know, I did something. I really did something right. Is I paid people on time every time. So when you do that, you know, when they run out of money, I mean, they keep giving you more money, and then when they run out or they get tapped, or that's as much as they want to do then you're getting their grandma and everything. So I had to have a hard money loan business, and I loaned the money out at six-month increments to flippers who are rehabbing in and out of houses. You know what I mean? So I keep it busy until I could get to it. Because when I borrow money, I borrow it for 15 years. That money's gone for a long time. Now, I don't know how long the house payment's really going to last, but they're going to last at least five or six or seven or eight or nine years. You know? So that money's gone Well, if I loaned it to the flippers, you know, they got it for six months or three months or eight months, but it comes back. And then if I need it, I can go put it out for long-term for me. So I was doing that and I loaned on a gated million dollar house, 15 lot, vacant lots. And about the time the ink was dry on the loan to to this guy who was borrowing the money from me, country ride announced their insolvency and the bell rang for the the recession of 2008, nine and on. And these were lots that could produce no income. So I had to make payments. my partner and I made $8,000 a month payments to our private lenders for four years before anyone even stepped on one of those lots. And then we know it was like three years and then they started stepping on the lots. And then by four years, we finally had sold the last lot. So we're making $8,000 for three years. Never sent a word to anybody. Just, you know, did what we, did what we signed that we were going to do. And, of course, the people that we made the loan to defaulted within a couple of days because their exit strategy and the builders and everybody, it all just caved in. And so the guy I loaned to, you know, quit quit before even the first payment. Dude, the, the world was falling apart. And the good news is I had spent my whole life buying assets and cash flow. And I had a good partner who didn't walk on me. So I was just 4000 He was 4000 I hated writing that check every month. But, you know, my business depends on private lenders. And it takes a lifetime to build that reputation. And it takes one screw up to ruin it all forever. We made our payments. The good news was, it didn't affect anything we did because we had built our lives building cash flow. So instead of having one hundred and fifty thousand coming in a month, we had one hundred and forty-two. Okay, you know, still can't cry, but it still pisses you off when you <laughs> you know you made that mistake. Let me guess what your next question is. So, what's the biggest lesson from all this?
1: That is the next question. I just want to step back and clarify really quick. So, in that deal, you your business and your partner, you borrowed money from other investors and then lent that those funds back out to uh, another third party. That third party went and bought properties those lots. They defaulted. They already owned this, them. They already owned, they already them. owned okay.
0: them. And they were about to get out of contract because Countrywide was dragging their feet. Well, now we know why. They were dragging their feet because they weren't making it. They were about to go bankrupt. And we did a bridge loan so they could get another, because he had them all sold to builders. Hmm. We did a bridge loan so he could you know, consummate the sales to all the builders. And I saw the contrast. Well, the person he was, everyone was trying to get a loan from, you know, to build their house. I mean, it was countrywide and they, they announced their insolvency, the whole thing, like a house of cards.
1: Wow. Well, I'm glad we took a second to uh, clarify that just so we could all follow along. And exactly like you uh, mentioned the third question, last question here. My favorite question is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Stay in your lane. Find
0: something you do good and just wear it out. I haven't invented a whole lot in my life, but I I did. I do have a quote out there. It's the hardest thing an an entrepreneur will ever do, is have one great idea and finish big. Because we always entrepreneurs see opportunity everywhere, and we start dividing ourselves and start trying to do three deals and four, and and then all of them are no good. So, the, the the and the side note to that is, you know, stay in your lane. The other thing is is if you're buying assets that can't produce anything like rent income or I don't know this, these lots could not produce any income you couldn't rent them for cattle you couldn't you couldn't do anything there was no income to come in on them so be careful when you're in that business because when ebb and flows of economies shift you, there's nothing you can do to you know I had 15 houses that I had loaned on the man I wouldn't have had a problem. I'd have just rented them out or owner financed them and I would have not had the problem. So just always remember raw land and developing raw land. It can be an alligator. I mean, just taking bite out of your wallet every month.
1: (laughs) Nice. I I like that analogy, but it's an unfortunate example and a great lesson. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all this knowledge. If folks want to reach out, get in touch or learn more about what you're up to, where can they track you down?
0: You can always find me at 1000 housescom 1000houses.com. My phone number is 210 669 4020. Just text me. We'll meet up somewhere if you. I'm pretty accessible. It's not hard to figure out where I'm at. I got six books under the My Life in a Thousand Houses program. And also, I did want to say before we wrap up, I've used LIFECOM in a lot of businesses that aren't the real estate business. I've used them for my storage business. I use them for my trucking business. I use them for things I needed to sell. I've used them to raise private money. I use it for a lot of things and it doesn't have to be for the real estate business. So if anyone's interested in like how targeted text marketing might work for them, I'm happy to brainstorm in your business because I just like, the, I like the marketing conversation. Like, well, what if, well, what if you did this? Well, what are you trying to do? Well, oh, you could do it like this, you know, Nice. I, I, I like that conversation.
1: Awesome. And I've loved this conversation so far today. I'm sure our listeners did as well. And thank you so much for joining us. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one.